who could host this podcast? Only the fiercest among us could, Chris. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this is a spoiler cast for Wonder Woman, the latest film in the DC Extended Universe. Finally, it's here. We've been we've been really waiting on this one for a very specific reason of seeing if this DC ship can be written or or, or righted or however you want to say it <laughs> if, if it cannot be sunk yes how about that so yeah yeah we i mean we it like we said last week the hype on this one has been weird it's good good hype or no hype and i was like i i couldn't believe it on thursday i'm like oh wait the movie's actually here we don't have to wait anymore for an DC movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and plus, there. like, and plus, like a a week to almost two weeks before the movie came out, we started hearing reports of uh, positive things about the movies. You know, I I don't know exactly when the review embargo was lifted, but that was definitely before the movie came out. So basically, if you wanted to know if this movie was good, you could have looked it up before you went to it. Yeah, and and. You, you at least know if you would enjoy yourself if you use you know the the Rotten Tomatoes. There's, Rotten Tomatoes is not a score of how good it is, how much will you enjoy yourself. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think I think people tend to, if looking at the score, uh, enjoy themselves in this movie. Uh, but you know something you know we're gonna talk about is that because everything else has been so low bar from DC that you know even hitting the average mark feels like they're. <laughs> they're, they're shooting large or what? So I, I don't know. We're, I think I think I'm excited to talk about this because I've not talked to a lot of people about it. If I was going to be honest, um, yeah, and and specifically between us, since we do the spoiler cast for these superhero movies, we go on all, almost like radio silence. I feel like I don't even I don't even hear from you much after we go and see these movies. Uh, you saw it on Thursday night. I mm-hmm. didn't get to see it until Saturday night. So well, we kind of have different marination times with this movie. So we might have maybe different maybe different perspectives on this movie because I haven't sat with it quite as long. But it, it was kind of interesting seeing it with a little bit of a different audience. You know, they don't truly have midnight showings anymore. Uh, they seem, it seems to be basically movies have just shifted into Thursday, just evenings. Uh, I, sometimes these movies are early as like seven o'clock if you go to like the right showing and it's just like, you can be, you can like be out of the theater and like online, especially if you're on the East coast and you can like be like yeah. spoiling it for everybody before I even get a chance to well, see it. <laughs> well, not, I mean, that's usually I get six or 7 PM showings here. Uh, on yeah, that's, these, on that's amazing. Time. And, uh, so I'm, I'm home before dark. <laughs> it's like I'm like it's not even dark out. And I got to see this movie, but I mean, um, I kind of want to talk about the movie going experience a little bit here, Mike. You went on on a Saturday. How how was your experience, and how maybe full was the theater there? So it was it was kind of strange just because it was a packed theater. Uh, but the weird part is, is you always assume like the hardcore Wonder Woman fans are going to be at that Thursday night showing. They want to be the first ones there to see it. But I actually had like a row of people. Uh, towards the front of the theater that were just really enjoying this movie. Like, you could tell they would clap 
or they would like do like the little woos whenever there was like an, a Wonder Woman deep cut or Easter egg up on the screen, which was surprising because like they're sitting close to the screen. They mean they got those tickets late. So I don't know if maybe just like the big Wonder Woman fans are just seeing it for the second or third time already, or maybe they're just like, I don't know, maybe there's, maybe there's people out there that have a lot more things to do than we do and they can't get to the theater until Saturday. Uh, but it was kind of nice being in a theater with people that were really appreciating the movie. Um, we are going to talk about spoilers in this, so don't be surprised. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't. But it doesn't even matter at, for, at this moment because I don't remember the specific moment. But there's a scenario in the movie where there's like a bunch of people clapping for for Wonder Woman. Uh, maybe it was after she saved that village. I don't. Everybody's yeah. clapping for her, surprising. And then like half of the theater like actually started clapping as well. And I was like, wow, this is surprising. I wasn't expecting this much support from like a Saturday evening audience. Like so, it it was a it was a positive theater going experience okay well that's good because i mean so to me i went on thursday at seven uh when i normally go uh normally uh, with the reserved seating being gone the past three months at my theater uh it's it's kind of been you know i'm like i'm getting there early waiting in line you know 30 45 minutes ahead of time to make Uh sure i get the seats i want a third of the theater wasn't like there was only a third of the seats filled at the seven o'clock thursday night showing Wow, and that really surprised me um, because yeah, I was expecting like even if people are not necessarily on the DC uh, hype train or you know anything, like that, I still imagine the, the Thursday night filling up pretty pretty heavy for you know a big player like mm-hmm. this, um, and it was not. Uh, I mean, there was like I don't there might have been two other people in our whole row, and we have maybe thirty seats in our row, mm-hmm. so uh, I was just like. This is very in- weird, very interesting experience to me. Um, but I think, you know, after watching it and, and sitting and ruminating for several days here, I think Wonder Woman is going to be one of those movies, I, unlike the other ones in DC Universe, that have legs. Yeah. And, and by that, I mean word of mouth is going to get people seeing this this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like word of mouth is filling up the weekends, the Saturdays and Sunday seats more so than the thursday and friday night seats yeah maybe that is i i I think we'll talk about this a little bit talking about maybe like the whole the 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 trying to prove the model of the female superhero maybe that's just going to take a little bit to get off or maybe we're overthinking it maybe it's just wonder woman as a character like she's never been on the big screen before there could just be people legitimately out there that just don't really know what she's all about so maybe it will take a little bit for her to get up and running you know, uh, yeah, you could say maybe a character like Ant-Man didn't really have that problem, but, you know, they're over there on Team Marvel in the Marvel Club. Like, Marvel can almost make any character make, like, $300 million at the box office because they got that brand. You know, DC's brand, hopefully it's getting better after this movie, but, uh, Chris, I've, I've waited long enough. I want to know what you think about this movie. Yeah, so, uh, to me, uh, if most people have asked me, Chris, do you, do you like this movie? And I'm going to have to say it does not offend me, Mike, in... in <laughs> In, in typical Chris fashion. Uh, I did have a good time for the most part. Um, and you know what? I think I think it is a a solid entry for the DC uh, Extended Universe. And a solid entry for, for uh, Wonder Woman. And what I'm going to have to do, and you know, people may agree, disagree with me, but I definitely feel that DC has pulled back a little bit. Like, look, let's not go wild. Let's not try to be different. Let's do do a movie and add Wonder Woman in it, and I feel that's what they did. And they did it competently, and it feels a lot like Thor one meets the first Avenger one, like the, the first <laughs> Captain America movies. Yeah, you mission max mission maximum mission make a big movie, and then you get Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. 
So that that is my take on it. I, I'm if I was to give it a score out of ten, a seven out of ten. Like it, mm-hmm. I, it has more good things than bad things in 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 my my point of view. So what about you, Mike? How did you take to Wonder Woman? Well, I this movie is basically full of really awesome scenes that you can really get down and really enjoy. Uh, I really love the way Wonder Woman fights. It kind of reminds me of how Steve Rogers, Captain America, fights in the MCU. You know, I just really like how, you know, they're not just necessarily punching people. They're using their kind of weapons and their accessories in creative ways. You know, uh, watching watching Wonder Woman fight with that lasso is, like, super badass. I like the creative things she does with her shield. And later on, she's, like, uh, like mowing down people with, like, a sword when she's riding the horse. So... All that stuff is really, really cool. Uh, so I like that creative action that's in it. There's some cool moments where like the time is slowed down. You really get to see these like hits sink in. So I really enjoyed those parts of the movie. Um, but you know, beyond that, it's a very it's it's a relatively kind of straightforward hero story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we are kind of looking at the origin of Wonder Woman. So I do totally agree. You do kind of get those Captain America, the first Avengers vibe. You know, also mixing in with a little bit with that Thor because you got that um, that mythical side of, side of yeah. things coming through. So that's a really good comparison. Actually, uh, the first thing I did when I got home from the theater. Um, was I, I got out my copy of Captain America, the first Avenger, and I started watching it because like I just got such strong vibes with that. And I was like, I want to see how this movie compares and how it holds up because when the movie was over, I, you know, I leaned over to my, my wife and we both had the same opinion. Like, yeah, this is a good movie. This is a solid entry for, for the DC cinematic universe, but you know, it's not ne- necessarily blowing me away. I don't think it's living up to a lot of the hype out there because unfortunately I had to see it on on Saturday so I had a couple days of like seeing think pieces and articles and taglines and and pop-ups from people that have gone and seen the movie and they were just like over they they just couldn't stop with the the positive affirmations on this movie so I I was kind of expecting something extraordinary and you kind of get you just a solid down the middle movie which there's nothing wrong with that that's exactly what the DC EU needed right now so yeah this movie's not gonna not gonna offend anybody like Batman and Superman or Suicide Squad dead or even Man of Steel so this is exactly what DC needed uh, it felt like it was a little long. There's definitely parts of the movie, I think, where they could have uh, cut it and made it a little bit snappier. And then, unfortunately, just like most superhero movies out there, it does kind of um, flounder with that third act um, kind of final boss fight where I feel like every superhero movie always ends the same same way. And also, the, the comparisons to Captain America were pretty pretty funny. Uh, both of these movies start out in the modern times mm-hmm. uh, where we kind of look back into the past, kind of like through an artifact. You know, in Captain America, they're actually literally looking at him like frozen in a solid block of ice. And in uh, Wonder Woman, she's looking at her picture, you know, frozen in time. And then we go back and we look back in the past. It, so he, this, this scene was taken from the end, I believe, of Batman v Superman. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because at the end she gets the picture and she's looking at it. Oh, well, I, you can tell I've blocked a lot of that movie yeah, out of my yeah. mind. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> I, I find at least the connection to that movie, you know, smart as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I agree, the, the parallels to Captain America are through the roof. Um, yeah, and it seems to be inevitable. I mean, when you're kind yeah. of taking an iconic hero that 
are almost dressed in similar fashions. Like I'm sure this was um, this happened just with the competition between uh, Marvel and DC back in the day. Like I'm sure you know Captain America borrowed some stuff from DC characters and DC characters borrowed stuff from Marvel characters. But Wonder Woman, if you look at her outfit, it almost kind of looks like a female version of Captain America. And then you're putting her in World War One, which of course yes is a different war from World War Two, but it's all kind of in that um, that that European front and setting. Um, so yeah, there are those comparisons there. Um, but the funny thing is, is when I was watching Captain America last night, it feels a little dated for a 2011 movie, which was surprising. There's kind of some special effects shots and special effects scenes where you're, you can just like tell the actors are straight up just in front of a, a blue screen and they're replacing everything in the background with CG, especially at the beginning of that Stark Expo type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, the special effects were fine in this movie. That's the thing. Like we're so we're so far along with special effects nowadays that you really only notice it when you're kind of doing fully CG, like maybe creatures and monsters, just because you know there's no there's no real world analog to compare that stuff against. So um, yeah, it, it's weird. Like I don't really have ex- insanely strong opinions on a lot of the stuff in this movie. So I, I it's not like I can come in and rail on anything that was really stupid and dumb. Just talk about you know how like. A poor decision that was but you know nothing really like blew me away except for i think one specific set piece in the movie that i i have a feeling we're both going to agree on was probably the the highlight of the film yeah um see i'm gonna i'm gonna lean a little more um probably negatively than my, my review would come across um simply because i think i it sticks with me a little little more than the positive times because mm. i actually went to the bathroom during this movie mike i i couldn't do it i i could not sit through the slow parts of this movie any longer. And I'm like, you know what? I just need to go to the bathroom because <laughs> the pacing in this movie, it starts off like the intro, the, the history of, of her is great. I, I uh-huh. like seeing, um, uh, th- the mascara, I believe is how you pronounce it. And all uh-huh. the Amazonians. Um, but then, you know, that's cool. Steve Trevor arrives. There's a couple bad jokes about why is he naked? And, you know, he he's embarrassed, but the women aren't. I, I, I don't know. I think I'm glad they played that down a little bit until they got on that fucking boat, Mike. When they oh, yeah, got that, on the boat to leave. That, bo- that was a little drawn out, a little awkward. <laughs> like, that's like a 10-minute scene of them like, well, I, I'm not going to lay with a woman in a bed. And she's like, why? And he's like, well, I'm an upstanding man. I'm going to strap myself over here. They just keep going on and back and forth about where they're going to sleep on this little boat. And mm-hmm. I'm like... The whole time I was thinking, I don't think you can sail a boat by falling asleep. Isn't that a good way to go off course or run into something? Yeah, you know, you wouldn't think these uh, Germans are still out there looking for you after you just stole, like, you know, their their notebook that they cherish so much. Um, which that notebook never really came back into play, by the way. I, I, I just realized this. Um, but I- anyway, uh, that was kind of a slow spot. And then after they liberated the uh, city of Veld it got really slow again, learning how to dance and like the celebration and, and whatever. And that's when I went to the bathroom. I'm like, look, yeah. I, I can't take the slow parts anymore. There are too many slow parts in this movie. <laughs> like Stole I'm not saying, yeah, it's like, it's not like any of those parts were necessarily bad. I think there's some good character development there, but I don't think you needed to hold on any of those scenes for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there were some points in the film where I was just like, okay, where's kind of the next, action set piece i'm kind of waiting for the next next 
area where I can get really excited. So I, I think this movie could have been trimmed down. I, I, I believe I looked it up after the movie. I think it's around two hours and 20 minutes. I think a solid two hours would have been perfect. And I think we would have been, uh, we would have, wouldn't have had that fatigue in the theater. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I usually base, you know, and how's my, you know, how's the pacing of a movie is when I can go to the bathroom. And uh-huh. I went during, like, right after they liberated the city and came back, and I didn't miss a thing. And I'm <laughs> like, you know, if I didn't miss a thing, you probably don't need it, right? So, um, but other than that, I mean, I I don't know what your favorite set piece is. Mike. I, I, want, I guess I want to know a little more because um, I, I, I specifically remember three very large set pieces. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I think this. I think the standout scene in this movie is the no man's land area. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it kind of encompasses everything that you love about Wonder Woman, where she's not just gonna she's not just gonna stand down and just um, you know do like the do the the thing that you're supposed to do. She's gonna do the thing that's right. Uh, so she she's you know she's big she's strong she can take care of herself so when she like co- climbs up that ladder and the music kind of like starts swelling and you get this this awesome contrast between her suit which is technically the first time we see it in the movie you know it's just like bright it's like bright it's shining it's blue mm-hmm. red gold um, she just looks like badass and like everything around her is basically dead and gray and all the other characters are just in these like drab muddy costumes. So she's like this literal like symbol like standing up there in the field and she's just knocking these bolts away with her with her wrist, wristlets and she's pulling out that shield like taking all that fire. It's just like it's just a really amazing moment that's really cool. Um, and then once they finally overtake the the trenches and then they they go into the kind of the fight fight scenes inside of that village it's really badass um, that's kind of the the scene that we've seen from that trailer where she was kind of like gliding along in sl- in slow motion with her shield against the floor she was you know like sweeping the leg like punching these people in the face uh, it was just really cool seeing her throw people out of a window and um, I think it just kind of goes to show you that like, so this is kind of weird. Like, I think it's important and special when we get these female-led superhero movies. But the whole time I was watching this movie, it never really felt, you know, it didn't really feel weird or out of place. You know, I, I, like, I didn't feel like I was watching something abnormal. It just felt right. It felt normal. Like, when I think of superheroes in my head, I, I'm not automatically thinking male. Like, I don't know if you you were ever in any, like, sociology or psychology class back in school. But I always remember like the first day of class or something, there was that trick of like, okay, I want everyone to get out a piece of paper and just draw a picture of a doctor, what you think a doctor looks like. Then the teacher collects the pictures and like basically the teacher just trying to see how many people drew female doctors because people are always drawing like the, the stereotypical male doctor. But, you know, I think when people think of superheroes now, I don't think it really matters whether they're male, female, black or white, you know, whether they're elderly, old, middle-aged or kids. I think anybody can be a superhero nowadays. So... I guess it just feels a little bit groundbreaking, um, and it definitely should have came sooner. But, you know, we did see Wonder Woman be badass back in Batman and Superman. She was the best part about the movie. So I think it's awesome that, you know, you can just throw a woman in a superhero movie, and she can be the lead. And even it can be a female director, and you can be just as good as anybody else. So I think that's a that's a good sign going forward. But Gal Gadot's an awesome Wonder Woman, and so what did you think about that No Man's Land, No Man's Land scene? I, th- I think it was good. I think I think um, the trailers kind of betrayed it in my eyes a little bit. Like I thought that was like because that and kind of the inset piece are kind of about the same in terms of like you know just how how she hits and how she fights. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought it betrayed the trailers betrayed a little bit because I had more fun with that. And once they actually get into the city of Veld, um, I like the the close quarters action, um, mm-hmm. especially whenever they. I like to see how hard Wonder Woman hits. So, like we we see people like Captain America and Thor hit and Iron Man and suit of armor hit. Batman couldn't do that. Um, Superman probably could, but I mean, it was fun to see how hard that she could hit. Like, you know, if Wonder Woman and Superman came to blows, I would love to see that fight. Like, I think oh, they yeah. could each hold off on their own. Um, so I, I had a good time, a much better time uh, with that. Um, and and it felt a little weird that she's just like, I'm just gonna go across this, and no one kind of knew it, but they still were able to charge and take over the city a little bit. Uh, but other, I mean, this is nitpicking. It's nitpicking at, at that level. But I, I had a, I had a good time with that. I, I do agree with that. Um, and see her smash through the tower at the top was pretty, was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, after she uh, was launched off that piece of metal and into that tower, and basically, I was expecting her just to kind of jump through the window and maybe like grab the guy by the neck or something, and then she just obliterated that whole like. Uh, the, the top of that church and just like leaned over to my wife and I was like, I think she got him. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was really cool. And that action set piece also had that really cool fight where she was using the lasso in a really cool way. I don't think I'd ever seen that ha- uh, happen in any sort of movie where someone was using like a whip or a lasso. Like she was just like flinging that thing not around. Not even Indiana and, Jones. Yeah, exactly. Not oh. even Indiana Jones. Okay. Just make um, sure. And I thought it was going to be kind of weird, the lasso of truth compelling people to, to tell the truth. But they actually did a pretty good job um, playing it off as not cheesy and corny too Great. often. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to talk a little bit about, about the mythology they brought to the table here. Because they mm-hmm. have to introduce a whole new world, a whole new mythology here. Um, so the whole time we're led to believe that the sword is the god killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we come to find out that they have she has like a little... Um, treasury kind of like odin's um vault with all these mythological items and armors and weapons going on here um i think the sword was interesting uh, the whip was interesting but the rest of her pieces kind of didn't get a lot of explanation of why they were special yeah though the wrist the wristlets um we the, we got a big reveal at the beginning of the movie where she almost hurt somebody with those things and it seemed like she had never unlocked that power before. So I don't know if the comic books has a really good explanation for how these things work, but it seems like there's only certain times where she can use them and, and unleash the power. And is that power not Amazonian power? Is it like Zeus's power that like none of the other Amazonians know how to control? And it only kind of comes to the head when she gets older and she knows how to use her skills. Yeah, that wasn't really explained too much. Yeah, so that that will tie into the third act later where she just unlocked all these weird abilities all of a sudden. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, again, any third act has, oh, in, in a comic book movie, you're, you're hard-pressed to find a good third act. Um, and I, I think that was one of the things where she's had all these abilities all of a sudden that they kind of tease, but, like, how does she push back debris flying at her. I don't, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But I think the island of Themyscira and how they trained all these women, I, I think they say she's about 300 years old, maybe three to 800 years old, I think uh-huh. they said, by the, by the time she left the island. Um, 
didn't feel like it. Uh, they, I think I really liked the island and the, the how they trained and learned and, and, and believed all this stuff uh, there. So I had a really good time with the Amazonians uh, before we uh, left the island. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the coolest part about the movie, I tweeted it as soon as I got out of the theater, was uh, watching these Amazons dismount horses is like the coolest thing ever. It's like so badass. And I'm sure it's like not practical on any level. Like I'm sure there's some sort of like martial arts horse expert out there in the world that's like, oh, you would never want to dismount a horse on a backflip <laughs> to shoot an arrow. Like it doesn't matter. It looks so cool and like they did it like so many different times you got to see it so many different um, aspects in the movie where you're either dismounting a horse or like maybe a motorcycle or a car later in the movie I don't remember but it was like so she didn't do a backflip over a fence off the horse which was really cool yeah it was just like so badass so I loved seeing that kind of stuff because it's this weird like fighting style of kind of like brute strength mixed in with a little like um, like agility and like kung fu and stuff like that. It was just really cool. Like you can tell these like these women can take care of themselves. Um, obviously they don't know what bullets are, which is unfortunate. <laughs> they kind of got caught off guard. Hopefully they know what bullets are now so they can be a little bit more prepared next time. But um, it was really cool seeing them fight uh, those. I need like a, a super cut of all those dismounts when this movie comes out on Blu-ray, man. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Yeah. They, I think they definitely took, I, they learned a lot from, again, I said this earlier after you said that, that feels a lot like Lord of the Rings, like um, some of the, the acrobatics in this. Um, uh-huh. But I think the camera work was a little better with that in here. Um, you know, seeing, seeing Diana train uh, with the Amazonians and, and kind of doing that kind of stuff was really cool. Um, then so that I think that was a, a nice piece. Then you have the middle piece there we talked about at Velt. But what about the very end when we finally figure out who Ares is, and it's not <laughs> Danny Houston. He's just sucking on some some poison there. Yeah, I don't think anyone ever thought for a second that it was going to be that guy. Uh, just because when you like you cast Ares, it's just not just going to be some dude you've never heard of before. Like it's going to be a familiar face that you've seen before in other movies. And I was expecting um, maybe Ares to take the form of a human. So I thought maybe at the very end it would be like a reveal of an actor that we hadn't seen before or we didn't know was cast. Or maybe Ares wasn't even going to be an actor. It could have been like a CG creature or something like that that could take the form of humans. But it ended up being David uh, Thulis. Yeah, Um, David Thulis, who uh, most people remember from Harry Potter films. Yes, uh, Lupin, the uh, the werewolf from the Harry Potter films. So uh, it was very bizarre seeing him be Ares, uh, just because they they did a flashback in the movie where you actually see him like ripped of like some of his armor after he's defeated, and he just looks really goofy, just sitting there like in the buff <laughs> with, with his, his mustache. Mu- with his mustache, it just <laughs> yeah. is really bizarre. Like I was half expecting with you know a superhero tentpole blockbuster movie budget you could have like de-aged him or done something with his face with a computer it was just really weird to cast him as Ares I mean you're building up this character literally the whole movie the god of war who could only be defeated by Zeus and every time I've ever seen Zeus depicted in any sort of anything he's just this giant buff dude throwing lightning and he's got like a giant beard and it's just like kind of terrifying and then you see Remus Lupin from Harry Potter is like uh is Ares it's just really weird weird i don't understand that casting choice well i mean they they use him a little bit like showing that Ares god of war isn't very um at the front because he was part of like the british intelligence but like no we need a peace treaty um so they kind of try to throw you off at the beginning with what he's re- like what he, is he doing oh no this guy's really helping him and then um it comes out later he's got some powers and abilities and can form his armor around him 
Uh, I mean, I think I think if we're gonna talk, uh, I mean, I've had one one super fan, Jim, write in his review already this week on on the movie, uh-huh. and he said, uh, just like you, just like you, I mean, it's twenty minutes too long. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> he also mentioned some lazy CGI, and I think that comes through there at the end, because um, everything had to have been CGI at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, the way Wonder Woman was, I guess, when she went Super Saiyan and started attacking the Nazis uh, around her. After uh, Steve blew up in his airplane, I, I <laughs> thought that. America. I, <laughs> but, uh, I thought that scene. I thought that scene was actually uh, kind of cool. Um, I can't like I've like I said I've only seen this movie once, but I feel like at the very beginning there was some uh, there was some um, uh, special effects that kind of was just like well that was kind of weird. But uh, I think after I was in the movie for you know two and a half hours, I you know I wasn't really too worried about it. Um, yeah, but I kind of like that 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 rush combo attack uh, Super Saiyan thing at the end. That was kind of cool. The the thing I was kind of confused about was I didn't really understand what Ares' powers were. So I don't know what they are specifically in the comic books, or I don't even really remember how he was depicted in Justice League, the animated series, 100%. But he seems to kind of have, like, these telekinetic powers where he can, like, he can, like, talk to people, but he can also control things with thoughts. It kind of felt like Doctor Doom at the end of uh, that new Fantastic Four movie where he could, like, basically just kind of do anything that you didn't really know. So I was just kind of like, well, how is Wonder Woman supposed to beat him? Because I don't really know what he's doing well, exactly, you know. <laughs> lucky for her, she has a bunch of unexplained abilities that nobody knows <laughs> what they do or, or how they operate either. <laughs> so I think I think the third the third act is probably where the the movie falls the most. Mm-hmm. I would say, but it was still a fun fun battle. Her throwing the tanks and throwing each other. I liked I like it when you can feel the hits in a movie. Yeah, and, and one of my favorite things about Man of Steel and the DC Extended Universe is how hard Superman hits those other Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're fighting, and I feel they really carry that over to, to Wonder Woman really well. So I, I I think they 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 fight really well, but the abilities that like they built a great mythology early on, and then at the end they're like they have powers. Let them go mm-hmm. at it. So um, th- that's kind of where it, where it fell a little bit in my my book. Yeah. So. so I mean, since we're kind of close here to the end of the movie, um, I don't know if I'm just so classically conditioned to to expect end credit scenes for like these big superhero franchises, but I felt like the movie ended kind of abruptly. Like once she kind of defeated Ares. And, you know, she kind of stated to him just before she killed him that, you know, she was on the human side because she appreciates the love that they, the humans kind of have. You know, it kind of cuts back to her, you know, looking at her photo and then something happens outside. I don't know if it was like something crashing or falling or if it was some sort of siren off in the distance in in, uh, in Paris. So- but she just kind of like jumps from the, um, from the rooftop and then it kind of cuts to the credit. And I'm just like, it just seemed like a very abrupt ending. It was almost just like, hey, the whole movie just kind of felt like a quick flashback that was like kind of actually two and a half hours long. Right. So the picture in and of itself took place probably at the halfway point of the movie um, that this whole flashback is based around. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, she gets another picture because they, they, the war is over. They, the Ares is dead. So that means the war is over. And then this goes back. But like what at the beginning, she was in France at the Louvre uh, Museum. Mm-hmm. At the end, it looked like she was like she'd just been running around France at night as Wonder Woman, like playing a Batman as Wonder Woman. Like nobody yeah, knew maybe. about her in Batman v Superman. Like is she has she come back out of retirement? Uh, why is she Why is she an antiques dealer dealing in all this stuff? Um, has she not tried to go back to the island? 
What what about the other Amazonians? Yeah, well, so I I know I'm, the I'm kind, kind of, of leading into an I, like here's an end credit scene. I wish we one of these <laughs> options. I wish we could have had. Yeah, it so. would have been nice. And I and I know the lore out there is that you know once you leave the island, you can't come back. But they never they never really explain that in the movie literally at all. But they like do say, was, they do say it as soon as she leaves the island. Yeah, they say it once. She, <laughs> they were just like, well, hey, just before you go, you know, you can't come back when you leave. And she's like, oh yeah, I know. Well, why can't she come back? It seemed like she's so special. She's the only one that's ever there. And it never really seemed like the the Amazons were imprisoned on that island. It was just like Zeus was just like, hey, guys, you know, they're trying to murder you. So I kind of want to protect you and shroud you with this um, invisibility. I thought it was going to be like a force field or maybe some sort of uh, a pocket dimension or something. Mm-hmm. But no, it's literally just invisibility. Like anyone can get there <laughs> if you, so can, you, if you just know where it is. They'll make her invisib- jet of invisibility out of the same charms oh, and magic that, maybe. that hides that place around there i don't i don't even know if they should do the invisibility <laughs> jet it seems a little a little uh maybe too cheesy for this dark universe but i thought they did a better job of balancing uh humor with this kind of this nolan-esque kind of look that they set up uh way back when because uh, there was there was some good humor in this movie, nothing like laugh out loud funny, but I did kind of like the repertoire between Chris Pine and Gal Gadot that worked out well. And then his secretary, I can't remember her name for the life of me. I was even looking up on IMDb, but she was really funny too. So I, I you know, I kind of I like that back and forth. And when they kind of got their motley crew together, that was kind of fun. The uh, the Irish guy, he was kind of silly. The uh, the um, the actor who wore the the little fez on his head. I'm sure yeah. all these guys are are classic characters from the comic books. But you know, I'm just not. Like, I'm just not uh, cut deep into the into DC uh, into the DC facts. So, um, I well, liked all the supporting characters. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, the world felt really well. Like, you know, it was is a is a well built world around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, I I think you know, we're we're talking about like the the island going back. I mean, I think she could have. I think I think. The, the fact they didn't try, I don't, I don't know. I, you're right, it ended very abruptly with no little to no explanation of what was happening. Um, but I also want to point out that you know um, the director, Patty Jenkins, was signed on for a multi-picture deal when she first signed up for the movie. Uh-huh. So she could be back, but also uh, Chris Pine was, even though he was seemingly killed. Mike, how do you think they're going to bring him back? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... I'm not too sure. I was going to ask you where, what direction, you know, what time period do you place uh, a Wonder Woman sequel in, you know? Uh, do we just kind of go back and do we keep looking at adventures in her past? That could be kind of fun. I don't know if it would get old after a while just because you kind of want to see what she's doing present day in the present day world because that would be cool as well. But maybe Wonder Woman in the 70s might be kind of cool or like maybe Wonder Woman like during the Cold War over in Russia could be kind of fun. Maybe she could be like a a spy or something because I would imagine over time she's going to get smarter. You know, she was kind of naive, naive in this movie, which was fine, which is exactly what her character needed to be. She needed to kind of grow and need to learn kind of how the real world worked so i thought that worked out well um i think maybe uh i would like to see wonder woman in present time i want to see her Mm. like uh beating like like uh high-tech weaponry and robots and stuff like that i think that would be cool so i don't think i think you're gonna have they're gonna have to pull again not not to beat this or that a captain america on this one um, to to should, bring Chris Pine back? <laughs> well, not necessarily, but like they can't go back in time because nobody knew who Wonder Woman was. Even Batman, the world's greatest detective. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if they go back to like Cold War era and she's finding Cold War stuff, like I think he was, you know, he would know about it. I think there'd be more than just this one picture in in Lex Luthor's files of Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. Um, so I think it's gonna have to be present day, and you know we're gonna see her in Justice League, and I think after that, you know, maybe you know in Justice League, there, there's gonna be something here because this bothered me a little bit. They talked about man and Amazonians, right? Uh-huh. But not about Atlanteans. <laughs> which <laughs> That's true. which all three of those cultures will have a mother mother box in Justice League. So I think she's gonna have to Aquaman be like, yeah, I, I know where. Amazon or Themyscira is. Let me help you get back to it. So I think the next movie will be her trying to get back there, but also dealing with something from her past, probably. Well, so. maybe. Yeah, I can't think of a way to bring um, Chris Pine back. But I, when I was thinking about it, because I was trying to figure out, like, okay, they don't want to blow up this plane on the ground because they said it had like a 50 mile destruction radius. So like, even though they're kind of in like the bad guys area, it's going to obviously expand past to innocent people. So it's like, okay, and you can't let it go to London. So you got to blow it up in the sky. So I was just like, but then when they were looking in inside the plane before it took off, there was a timer. So, and it looked like it had been placed there all already maybe. Yeah. So I was just like, well, why don't they just place a timer to go off? While the plane is in the sky, like like Chris Pine, you know, he's a pilot. He can just fly it straight up. Once he's at, like, the right altitude and, like, before this plane's about to blow up, why doesn't he just jump out of the plane with, like, a parachute or something? I felt like if they wanted Chris Pine to survive, there could have been a way he could have easily survived and we all would have been like, okay, we wouldn't have even questioned it. You know, it was a smart plan to do. But I felt like they needed to kill him to give Wonder Woman that, that just that extra fighting edge to kill yeah. Ares. To turn her so, Super Saiyan, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just don't see, there's no really way he survives because it'd be kind of weird to explain after effect, like, oh, well, I know everybody saw me just before I fired my gun and shot those things, but then I thought to myself, uh, that's really dumb. I should just grab that parachute and just jump out of the plane and let this timer take care of things. Well, that would that would just be kind of weird. And me, then also he'd be an old, I don't even think he'd technically still be alive. Well, so like he he might have died of old age by the time we get to twenty. I don't think it's, he's going to play Steve Trevor. The the, the theory slash rumors are that he's a descendant of Steve Trevor. Like he had a child oh. outside and looks just like him. Yeah, I guess. Two generations. I mean, that's that's the rumor. Or you know, we have the Flash who can time travel. Like. You know, oh yeah, in Batman That's right. you v got Superman, the Flash can, can make anything happen. <laughs> in Batman v Superman, you know he visions the future somehow. He has he has a, a, a future vision. I, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that hasn't been explained that they can do, Mike. But as of this standalone movie, however, do you feel DC has earned a little bit of your trust back for Justice League and Beyond? So it's complicated just oh. because we because we, we know we the two of us know a lot more about the inner workings of these movies than I think most people out there would. I think if 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 the average person out there who understands that these movies are coming out of Warner Brothers and they're the studio in charge, they'd be like, okay, Superman movie that was all right. I didn't really like Batman vs Superman. Uh, Suicide Squad was kind of weird. I didn't like that, but this Wonder Woman movie was good. So. I think that person would be maybe looking forward to Justice League a little bit more. But me, I'm thinking about it like, okay, Wonder Woman, I'm glad that turned out great. You know, it was a Patty Jenkins thing. She did her own thing. She did well. But then we're going right back to Justice League that has, like, Zack Snyder really heavily involved. Obviously, Joss Whedon's coming in. Maybe he'll he'll 
fix things up. But the and David Goyer also writing the movie too. So like the last time we had Goyer and Snyder was Batman vs Superman. So I just don't know. I I can't trust. I can't trust Justice League coming up. But I think if Wonder Woman is a sign of things to come, hopefully Aquaman's going to be great. They're just going to let that director just run with it and do his own thing. And then uh, I guess the Flash would be after Aquaman. Hopefully they'll they'll knock they'll lock down a director once once kind of Hollywood sees how well Wonder Woman went. So I I am cautiously optimistic now, which is great because I think you can probably find quotes from me on this podcast months and months ago, even probably like last year where I was saying Wonder Woman doesn't need to be amazing. It just needs to be it just needs to not offend anybody. It just needs to be run of the mill. It just needs to be mm-hmm. good, which is exactly what this was. Um, Despite people I, watching it with their rose tinted glasses on, saying that this <laughs> is the best superhero movie ever, I, I don't. I think you got to step back a little bit from that. But yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so this was this was great. I loved it, and I would actually, you know, I'm looking forward to watching it again. I think that says a lot. Um, because I think some of the action scenes are so cool. I love those horse dismounts. I love the way that Wonder Woman fights. Um, some of the some of the humor in the movie is good. Some of it could be cut out a little bit. Uh, I'm curious if this is gonna get an, an extended like rated R cut. I don't know if it would go rated R, but maybe they'll do an extended version. It'll probably be even way too long, but you know there might be some new stuff in there that'll explain maybe some of the Themyscira stuff that we didn't quite get. Maybe a scene where they're kind of explaining her uh, her wristlets to her. Who would who would you cast as Zeus? Oh, that would be cool. I didn't even think about Zeus coming back in the movie. Uh, I don't know. Maybe like Brian Cranston, just because I really like his voice, mm-hmm. and I just I just feel like Zeus needs to have just a really booming voice um i i don't know it would be kind of interesting to see um how the dc universe is gonna flesh out all of these other types of fantasy elements because marvel's always really been rooted in science even when you get these really weird bizarre things like ego from guardians of the galaxy volume 2 it's still kind of based in space and science and alien and they just kind of vaguely attribute it to the beginning of time which you know could kind of be conceived as like gods but you know they find a way to explain it and they even have the normal characters say like hey this is kind of weird um but with dc you got a lot of things you got to touch on here you got to touch on atlanteans amazonians gods aliens um, different different dimensions traveling back in time with the flash they just got a lot more to play with and i I really hope it works out well for them but it's kind of weird the best way to get that stuff across without seeming weird is not taking it too seriously which they're kind of going in the right direction um they kind of gave us just enough of the Amazonian stuff for us not to like be uh, too concerned about it, but it did leave a couple gaps that we are asking questions. But um, uh, I like the idea of Zeus coming back in for a sequel. She can meet her daddy. Yeah, I mean, that's something I was just thinking of here while we were talking about because I, I had a good time as well uh, with it. Uh, again, Zack Snyder did have a hand in this, Mike, just to... Right, yeah, bit. I saw that he had the some story credits, story but I, I'm kind of attributing it to, um, hey, this movie's coming out before my next movie. Make sure it doesn't go off the rails or go into a direction that doesn't lead in the Justice League. Well, so I don't, I don't think he had too much to do. See, I, I'm, I, yeah, that's fine. I just think I was least excited about this one compared to Justice League, and they proven that even after the interim of firing everybody at Warner Brothers, pretty much and resetting that while this was in production. They were still able to pull off a competent film that, you know, is enjoyable and not very offensive. Like, 
I don't know if I need to watch it again in theaters, but I mean, this is one I don't feel bad watching again. Uh, I, if we if there is an extended version that we have to watch and do a spoiler cast of, I don't. I'm not mad about doing that. Uh, but I, I, I think, you know, looking forward, this is a good first step, and hopefully Justice League, uh, with all the changes going on and some feedback from this, you know, will still improve, and then we'll just keep going forward and forward and, and getting better and better, and hopefully, you know, uh, we, we want good movies. We don't care who yeah. has the good movies. We want everyone to have a good movie. Yeah. So I think this is a good first step in that direction, yeah. and Wonder Woman was a, a very surprisingly enjoyable film. Yeah, and Justice League, that's going to be out uh, November 17th, which is going to be great. I'm looking forward to kind of like, I like these big movies coming out in November. I like something to look forward to towards the end of the year. So that'll be just a couple couple weeks after Thor Ragnarok. So I think Thor is going to be great. So hopefully uh, uh, Justice League can kind of stand up to the pressure that uh, that movie is going to give it. So um, yeah, I think you said at the very beginning here, Wonder Woman, you'd give it probably about a 7 out of 10. I think maybe I would lean a little bit more positive close to an eight i think i think around eight would be would be good you know i don't know what it's at on rotten tomato right now but i, I think it would be fair if it was maybe hovering around 80 percent somewhere but i think it's like is, i think it's still like 90 but again that's not a factor of how good it is this is the enjoyability factor yeah gotcha so uh yeah overall wonder woman uh patty jenkins gal gadot they all did a great job uh hopefully this is the trend going forward but i'm glad now that at least we have two camps marvel and dc that are putting out good movies yeah, it is. I also have to say, I was thinking about on the way home, this is my second favorite DC movie this year still, though. Lego Batman still takes Oh, one. yeah. I was just like, what's the other one? Yeah, Lego uh, Batman, like, yeah. I, I, I watched that again uh, over the weekend, so that's why I was like, oh, yeah, Lego <laughs> Batman. So, yeah, uh, there's our there's our Wonder Woman uh, spoiler cast, you know, uh, and now we're going to go record our regular episode, which looks to be a, a light week for everyone involved. So um, if people want to know more about what you're doing, Mike, uh, where can they find you at? Well, they can check me out at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to know what, you up, what you're up to, uh, where can they follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, uh, on Twitter, and, and I'll be posting some Instagram. I bought my first big hardback collection of DC Comics today, or Ooh, yesterday. Big and, big and hard. Yes, so I now own more than one DC comic. So uh, <laughs> There you go. And It's not Wonder Woman related, sadly, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, since we're talking about it, uh, and you can you know find my other podcast, Filmside Chats, listen to, or find you know, Comic UI, and on the Destination Nation with some more stuff coming out. Good lord, I'm busy. Uh, <laughs> next up, if people want to learn more about it, this is a spoiler cast, but we do a regular new show every week. Mike, where can they, people find that at? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host this show, and you can pick up our awesome show notes. So when you're listening to our news episodes and we mention something cool like a trailer or a photo, you can go uh, check it out in those show notes right there. So you can also find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr. You can subscribe and get us right in your email inbox every week, and you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to pick up a cool Superhero Slate shirt or mug, you can get that at SuperheroSlate.com slash store you can get some cool stuff over there uh if you're a fan of the show please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to the show uh especially itunes i think that's probably the most helpful so hey if you got an if you got an iphone i know you got an apple id so all you got to do is pull that up in in the in the podcast app and i you can just uh leave us a review right there that'd be super awesome we'd love that and if you're a super fan of the show we got some super fans out there we love you um all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week sometimes twice a week 
week. Sometimes. So uh, <laughs> uh, stay tuned, stay subscribed, and uh, get the news up next. Awesome. Well, I guess we'll catch you guys later. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. I am no man. Even though it's like the manliest voice. <laughs>